So uh, have you ever heard, and you know, your parents tell you sometime, you're going to get more than you bargained for. You better be careful. Who's, who, come on, who's, who's had that said to them? I've had it said. I've had four boys. I've said it to them many times. And uh, that's exactly what's happening in our research. Lucas Valinka and myself have been doing research at the lab there in the Human Performance Lab, and that's what we're going to tell you about tonight. But the name of the research, one of my students named it, is called Change Me. Uh, any other me's that we came up with? What me did you come up with? Uh, I came up with Search Me. Number one? Refocus Me. Refocus Me. What was yours? These are, these are some of my students, so I'm picking on them. Uh, Self-discipline. Self-discipline me. Wow. Change me, it included a lot more than just changing me. In fact, we thought it meant change metabolic efficiency. That's what we were researching, looking at that. But we got more than we bargained for. We could not believe some of the changes that people were having socially, mentally, physically, spiritually. Unbelievable. We couldn't believe it. In fact, it happened to me. I've been a Christian all my life. Go to church, born Seventh-day Adventist, and knew all the... Bible verses, worked with them and everything. But I was blaming my heart disease on my dad. I got that gene from him. But I turned on the expression of that gene with my weight. And guess what? I lost 21 pounds in this program that we're working on. Lucas says, you got high blood pressure. I said, I do not. I said, you're a nurse, but you don't know how to take a blood pressure. So anyway... He was right. I had high blood pressure. Um, when I was in the hospital with my heart disease, they couldn't give me any medicine. I'm a heart patient without medicine. Can you believe that? No medicine because my blood pressure is too low, my heart rate's too low because I ride my bike all the time. Um, I got recently got a new electric bike. That makes it nice. And I go everywhere. I don't even drive the car anymore. I go downtown to go to the bank and whatever, go on my bike. Well, is amazing. When I lost that 21 pounds, the Holy Spirit stepped in and started guiding me. I never experienced that before. If you want to be guided by the experience, you don't want to have the Esau problem. What, did, what problem did Esau have? Sold his birthright for a pot of lentils, beans. I came to the first grade and went to school, and the teacher said, come tomorrow, you're going to get to eat the food that, that Esau sold his birthright for. And I was going, whoa, man, let, man, that's old food. Let's, let's get some good food here. <laughs> so the next day, we were so excited when we came to class, and she'd bring out a pot of lentils, and we ate that, and we thought that was the best food we'd ever t t eaten. We might sell our birthright for that. But are you selling your birthright what God gave you for what? may not be a pot of lentils. Maybe something else. Yeah. Are we meddling now? Got to be careful. Pastor, do you do this once in a while? Do you meddle with them a little bit? Never, okay. <laughs> You're smarter than that, aren't you? So we got to watch out what we're meddling about. But Lucas, come on up here and grab a mic, and let's turn on the projectors.
so that they can see some of the things that we're learning. Um, there's a mic right there. Grab one of those mics. I would give you mine, but they wouldn't be able to hear me. Someone read, um, in fact, uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39. Someone, uh, you can use your phones on this. <laughs> See if you can get where we're headed with this change me idea. Who's got it? Stand up and be accounted. If you got it. Stand up and read it out loud. There you go. And why are we worried about changing? Are we worried about changing? With that promise, man, you don't have to worry about that. But do you know what? God loves us the way we are, but he doesn't want us to stay that way. Whoa. So something's got to change. Okay, I got one more verse for you here. Someone read for me. Um, let's read Romans 12, 2. Who's got that? Okay. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Regenerative medicine, that's called. We call exercise medicine. Did you know that? We're exercise physiologists, Lucas and I. Lucas is a nurse. And, uh, in fact, if he looks smart, it's because he is. He's very smart. He's really been helping in the research. In fact, Lucas has accepted the medicine, and he's deferred it to finish this research. I'm pretty excited about that. He was accepted, UT Memphis. He's waiting. He, he can go there. He can go to medicine anytime. Okay? But Lucas, tell me, did someone read that verse 12 too? Okay, what about Philippians 1.6? What does that say? Philippians 1.6. Got it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go for it. Out loud. Sounds like we need some changing, doesn't it? He's began a good work in us. But he's not going to quit there. He's going to change us. We've got to let him change us. Well, in our research, and we're doing at the lab there, Lucas, I'm going to use the word balance because balance is one thing that we really need. We want to be the best me I can be. That's the B in the balance. I'm a teacher, so I'm going to give you something to attach this to so you can remember this. You're not taking notes, I can see, but you'll remember this. B is the best me I can be, right? This is all about me, right? Well, not about me, about you, about all of us. But change me, you can be the best me you can be. And then we come to the A in balance, and the A is activate me. That'll change you if something activates you. What does the word activate mean? What are we learning about in research? What's activating us? Lucas, 
give us some ideas of what's activating us in there, this research. Uh, well, we have been investigating metabolic efficiency, so um, the context of that would be um, evaluating energy metabolism, and we do that in the lab very specifically uh, in terms of various physiological parameters. In fact, he's what he's describing to you, we can lay you down, and in 20 minutes we can tell you exactly how many calories it takes to run your body. We can tell you where those calories are coming from. Are they coming from carbs or fat? How efficient is your system? And then we can put you on the treadmill, and we can walk you, and we can find exactly where your sweet spot is, where your body's using the most oxygen. And when it's using oxygen, it's using fat. And everybody's worried about how many calories they burn when they exercise. But guess what? Only 25% of your calorie burning during a 24-hour period is during activity. 75% of you burn it is when you're sitting here doing nothing. 75% of a 24-hour period, that's where you're burning calories. You better be efficient. You better burn them from the right spot. And guess what? If you exercise in the right spot, it trains your body to be more efficient. We're seeing some fantastic things. Lucas, tell us what we're seeing. Um, so... Uh, just to give y'all a little background on myself, it's kind of rare that I find myself in church, actually, because I'm a recovering Christian uh, Adventist. So if not for Dr. Meyer, my mom, like y'all, uh, I definitely wouldn't be here. And also, if not for this guy up here, this is uh, our theme that we kind of look up to in the lab um, where Ellen White talks about Jesus coming to restore um, humanity. So restoration, that's also another big theme in the lab. But of course there are gonna be, uh, going back to the research, um, empirical, theoretical, and practical aspects of the research. We can just go straight into uh, the actual research findings and does that look good? Can y'all kind of see that? Uh, these are where our resting uh, variable measures that um, Dr. Meyer's awesome research, years of research has shown. And you can see anything in yellow is statistically significant. So well, that's a lot of significance. That's what we want you to get out of this slide. And it's hard to decipher what all that means. In fact, we've been asked to present our research at the American College of Sports Medicine annual meeting in San Francisco in May. We're taking six students and the families and everybody wants to go, we're letting them go to experience this process of presenting that research. And it is pretty exciting research. In fact, I invited one of our researchers that's uh, from UTC that's working with us. I don't see Dr. Heath, are you here? Raise your hand, are you here? He was gonna come tonight and he was gonna um, be in support of what we're doing. In fact, he's not an Adventist, but he um, went to Loma Linda, got his doctorate in Loma Linda in the Adventist health study. So he knows a lot about Adventists, and he knows what they believe in, and he's really been very instrumental in helping to get this research really toward that focus that we want to look at. This Tell is, us what this is. This is probably the most popular slide because it's a little bit more straightforward. Um, 
We don't use the term weight loss in the lab. That's an ancient term. We refer to it as body composition normalization because uh, your scale weight, uh, and I'm not even being facetious, your scale weight is actually irrelevant. BMI, that is kind of irrelevant now with what the trends in literature are showing. But these, we had three experimental groups uh, based on exercise intensity. Um, a low, moderate, and high, as you can see here, and the solid bars represent the total weight loss. The next highest bar is actual fat mass loss, and then we have lean body mass loss uh, as the, the smallest bars there. So, um, so was it, is it harder or smarter that you should exercise? Smarter. Those are the ones that did the best, of course. Which group did that? Well, we'll see, we're, we're not sure, but it seems to be between the low and the moderate, and it's probably somewhere in between. And it also depends on how we define uh, exercise intensity also. Um, Did you know exercise doesn't lose weight? Did you know that? Everybody thinks exercise loses weight. How many calories do you burn an hour when you exercise? What's your guess? Maybe 100, maybe 200. How many do you have to burn to lose one pound? 3,500. How many hours are you going to have to burn to lose one pound? Who's going to do that? Raise your hand. Hey, that, that's a pretty good showing. You guys are smarter than a lot of Americans and a lot of people that are trying to lose weight by activity. It's a no, in, no end of the road. It's not going to go anywhere. This, so. was an, this, this was an interesting slide that definitely, um, I'm not sure if we need, Dr. Meyer expected it and he kind of uh, had it in the back of his mind when he was establishing his null hypothesis. But as you can see, the red group is actually the high group and here this parameter is respiratory quotient, which is resting metabolism. And as you can see, the high intensity group, the group that was exercising at a higher intensity, um, they actually deteriorated, quote unquote, in terms of their resting metabolism. So uh, in terms of their proportion of fat to carbohydrate use, which theoretically and uh, empirically, we expect that fat use, fatty acid oxidation is better because you get um, higher energy yield. You can extract more energy from fat use as opposed to carbohydrate use. So in the high group, we did see a reduction in their use of fat and, and correspondingly an increase in their carbohydrate use. So that's kind of how we've, um, you know, in terms of what is the metabolic efficient phenotype, how do we define that? And one aspect of that would definitely be more optimal use of fats and lipids as you know respiratory substrates. That's not to say that carb use is bad. You need a good mix. You need a good balance. So it's it's important to not exaggerate this idea. Also, we need a good balance, but predominantly at rest, we want to be using more fats uh, for our energy use. Um, so now jumping back to uh, a theoretical aspect that Dr. Meyer really uh, emphasizes in the lab is this idea where you don't go to the gym to burn calories. 
you know, the majority of their circadian rhythm is spent at rest, about, you know, up to 75% of that. Um, so exercises in this, uh, looking at it theoretically, the way that Dr. Meyer paints the picture, exercise is solely a mechanism of changing the metabolic status in the resting state. Does that, does that kind of make sense? It's not a mechanism to burn calories. You don't go to the gym to burn calories. Um, and then uh, going to some of the practical aspects of this research uh, based on our inferential analysis, um, what we're finding is that a lot of people are exercising inappropriately, especially if uh, individuals who are more sedentary and who have more challenges with their body composition, you know, um, we're trying to stay away from terms like overweight. I think that's a better way to term it. Just issues with body composition. And they can very easily um, turn off these mechanisms of lipid or fat oxidation while they're exercising. So by doing so, you're activating these carbohydrate-based glycolytic anaerobic systems during their exercise. So when they're at rest, they're going to be predominantly using carbs, which is not efficient, and it's not going to promote body composition normalization. Mm -hmm. Now, an interesting thing that we've actually started mm -hmm. to realize that, you know, everybody says you got to lift weights to build muscle mass, right? Well, did you know what we're finding? We're finding as you gain weight, your body is trying to keep normalized. That's why he was using the word normalization and that body composition. It's trying to keep normalization. It's trying to keep what we call status quo or homeostasis is a word we use. And it's trying to keep that homeostatic level. And so it loses muscle mass as you gain fat mass. But guess what? When you lose weight, it gains that muscle max, muscle mass back. And you don't even have to lift a weight to do that. You gain lean body mass, muscle mass back to your system because the system has this normalization to try to put it correctly for you. That's pretty phenomenal. And there's not many people saying that kind of information. Tell them about this y-axis and this slope, the VT slope oh, that we're yes. finding. So we're getting really sophisticated with our analysis uh, in the lab. Um, I would say currently and historically, uh, exercise levels have been uh, prescribed based on uh, very old algorithms and regression analyses from the 50s and 60s. And that's not to say that, that, that those results weren't important. And they use heart rate to monitor that. That's what he's talking about. So heart rate monitoring. Right. And that heart rate monitoring, um, a lot of those cohorts were athletes. So we are trying to find what's more applicable to the normal individual or for uh, populations that are having issues with body composition. So uh, we are using various ways to determine the ventilatory threshold. And this is uh, Dr. Meyer's quote unquote sweet spot. So we are digging deep into the applied differential calculus to determine these uh, threshold values and we find that uh, when we do when we can appreciate 
uh, on the graphs a ventilatory threshold and we prescribe that heart rate level associated with it that we get the best results and the best recovery. And uh, this approach is still trending right now in literature. It's still very, very new. So it's awesome that Dr. Meyer's uh, research work is literally contributing to the current uh, knowledge status of exercise physiology, which in and of itself, it is a young science. It's a fairly young science. It's only been around about since the 1950s, as, as, as far as like a, a formal science. But um, Dr. Meyer's work has been amazing and it's definitely contributing to the evolution of this science and his main goal is for health promotion and health fitness. That's not to say that we aren't flexible enough to work with athletes. We can totally get somebody at a very, very high athletic level if we want, but that's just not Dr. Meyer's focus right now. Um, what we're really interested in, what he's not telling you, is that in fact what he just found, this is very recent, he found that there is a, that inflection point of that axis where that ventilatory threshold meets a slope, it has an index number. And that index number, if it's too high, if you're giving off too much carbon dioxide when you exercise, guess what? We can predict if you're going to have heart problems or not. The literature is showing that to us. And we're pretty excited about that because this is a little simple little exercise test. It's non-invasive. It's not, uh, in fact, Right there, the, the relationship in the pulmonary ventilation, and th that should be bolded in, in blue there, the relationship between the pulmonary ventilation and carbon dioxide production, that slope is uh, highly, highly indicative of cardiovascular disease. In fact, there have been people who have followed up with cardiologists and they have had heart disease that we found from abnormal VEVCO2 slope values are also known as the ventilatory efficiency index. So yeah, there's some pretty, pretty powerful implications that we can get from running these routine submaximal exercise tests. Tell us about the recent one that we found about this McArdle's disease. Oh, yikes. Yeah, that gets real comp uh, very, very complex. We'll try not to um, get too complex. I'll calm you down if you get too far. <laughs> So McArdle's syndrome was found in the mid-1950s. It's also known as um, glycogen storage disease type 5, and it is a type of myophosphorylase deficiency syndrome. So you lack the enzyme that allows you to break down glycogen in skeletal muscle and use it as an energy source. Now, why do you need glycogen in the muscle? because you need the spark. It's just like, a, um, let's say, a, you, you know, when you're roasting your linkets in the back on the coal, on the coals there, um, when you're barbecuing those, those you can't just take a nat match and hold it to it and expect it to light if you don't have lighter fluid. That's the problem we're running into if you don't have glycogen to, for the spark. We say fat burns in the flame of glycogen. So we have to have a little glycogen. In fact, if you use up all your glycogen, any uh, cyclist in here? Uh, you, you told me you were starting to cycle, right, Pastor? Can you tell me a little bit? Okay. You may not have had the experience, but you will have the experience at some point of bonking. You know what that means? Use up your glycogen. You don't have any spark. And all of a sudden, 
everybody's passing you. And you go, what's the problem? I'm pushing. I'm, your mental state is trying to go, and you can't go because you don't have any spark. This case that we found, that's her issue. She doesn't have any um, spark that's working to ignite that fat, but she's still burning fat, so we're not real sure what the outcome of this is, and we're studying her, and uh, um, she happens to be a physician's wife, so that's good for us, because he's taking note, and that's helping us to uh, really move forward and understand this um, non-spark fat burning that's happening. Yeah, so the outcome is basically an effective energy failure, so you can Think of it in terms of having a heart attack in one of your muscles, although you still have optimal blood flow and oxygen flow to the tissue. It's quite unusual. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, a lot of the research is still emerging from that. And the fact that we were able to appreciate that this was going on in the lab was just insane. Dr. Meyer was the first one to notice it, that we were seeing, uh, we saw an abnormal respiratory exchange ratio at high intensity and that is quite unusual because normally we would see uh, kind of like a linear relationship. As intensity goes up, the RER goes up. That wasn't happening. So after about 60 hours of analysis later, we definitely said something is going on here. So remember I told you balance is what we're looking at here. You've got to have the right balance in your system to do what it needs to do to get the benefit out of it. Remember I told you that B stands for be the best you can. And those people that are overtraining, pushing too hard. In fact, they walk out of the gym and they go, that was a good workout. I'm wiped out. Is that the way they should feel? No. If you're doing that, you're doing something wrong. You're overtraining. If you're leaving the gym exhausted or tired or fatigued, you might be doing something wrong. Uh, unless you're like at a super athletic or Olympic level and you have very specific goals, but especially if your goal is body composition, normalization and health fitness. Yeah. You probably need to uh, exactly. readdress your approach to and, how you're exercising. And so what you're going to need to do then is you're going to need to walk out and say within an hour, you could come back and do it again. That's how you should feel. You should feel revitalized. If you don't feel revitalized, you're overtraining. We know it just by that alone. Okay, so the L in this balance, remember I said activate me. We've been talking about how to activate the system. Now we're looking at the L, lifestyle, living moment by moment, not just once in a while. In fact, people will ask me, how many times a week do you have to exercise? What do you think my answer is? Oh, you said three. Good. That's perfect. That's what I wanted to see. How many times a week do you eat? Whoa. See, I don't even have to say anything, do I? She's got the picture. She understands it. Three times a week is a maintenance program. You want to maintain where you're at? Who wants to maintain where they're at? Raise your hand. Who wants to be the best they can be and improve? Okay. We're not going to go three times a week, are we? We've already beat that. Okay, so lifestyle. Yes, let's do that. Because she's working on, with Lucas, they're working on what they call fuel me. We eat too much fuel. That's our basic problem. That was my problem. Hey, I ate good food. I'm vegan vegetarian. I ate too much. I didn't need all that fuel. 
So they've been working on exactly the fuel that we need for our lifestyle. Go ahead. Okay, so yes, fuel is important. And a lot of times when people hear about food and they think of diet, I need to lose weight, I need to go on a diet, I need to cut my calories. But when we think about it, you know, Jesus is the bread of life. Do we want to cut Jesus out of our life? Do we want to reduce the amount of Jesus we have in our life? No. no, we want more, right? But we want the truth, right? So Jesus has given us, in the Bible, we go all the way back to Genesis. He told us what to eat. He told us to eat things that grow, seeds, fruits, nuts, vegetables, right? That's our food. Daniel proved that in, when he went to Babylon. Daniel proved that that diet worked. In fact, what she's saying is if you eat processed food, you're setting yourself up for diabetes. Did you know the cure for diabetes, type 2 diabetes, is processed foods and don't exercise, those two things. If you do those two things, you're, you're going to get it. You're going to get type 2 diabetes, guaranteed. You'll have neuropathy of the legs. You, it's not a fun disease. You'll have too high blood sugar because processed food shuts down the mechanism in the body so it will not use food properly. So what she's saying is plant-based foods and the whole food. Uh, I was in a lecture with a physician, and we were talking about this, and he said, just plant-based foods, whole foods, that's all you eat, eat the whole food. And she says, what about margarine? And he said, um, is that a plant-based food? Well, partly, but is it processed? Yes, not processed foods. So she said, well, what I put on my corn? And he said, take an avocado and rub it on there. You wouldn't believe how good that is. Have you tried it? Anybody tried that? Put avocado on your corn, your corn and cob. It may look a little green, but it's pretty good. You'll like it. Guaranteed. Keep going. Sorry to cut in on there. No, you're good. And so, um, yeah, so God has given us the diet. And the thing is, is God, rather than restricting our diets, we need to look at the bounty of food that God has given us and change that perception. So we need to fuel our bodies. God has given us this food, and this food is medicine for our bodies. This is what our bodies were designed to run on. And when we switch our bodies to a whole food, plant-based diet, it's amazing. Within, within 24 hours, 48 hours, you'll start feeling better, and you continue that diet for a month. And you'll be amazed at your energy level. Your body works so much cleaner. Now, did you hear what she said? Fuel your body with the right fuel. Did she say overfuel the body? No, you have to have the right amount of fuel. And that's what they're working on to know exactly the macros and the micros and all of those fuel things. They're really analyzing that. Lucas has got a program that he's a wizard on that he is able to analyze your diet and know exactly what you should be eating. And Elizabeth... She's a genius in understanding the common, how to get it across, how to get the understanding of what to do. And if you just listen to her as a nurse practitioner, uh, aren't you uh, taking your doctorate in nursing? Yeah, in lifestyle medicine. Yeah, that's why she's in the lab, because this is her clinical part that she's working on. So she's working on some fun stuff that she likes to work on. Uh, my dad always used to say, you have your graduate degree in goofing off. How'd you get that? And I said, well, that's pretty good, huh, Dad? I'm doing what I like to do. Actually, we don't have time for that story. But if you go back in my history of what I wanted to be and where I was, God directed me as to be a, an exercise physiologist. Now, that's an interesting twist to what I thought I was going to be. But God has a better plan for you if you listen to him. That's the key. 
Uh, you ever read eight ways, eight ways to Know God's Will in Your Life? Everybody read that book? Vinden? Morris Vinden wrote that book. Uh, you can get it off the Internet for a buck. It may cost a couple bucks to have it sent to you, but you can get that book, Eight Ways to Know God's Will in Your Life. And I just yesterday was working with a student who was having a hard time in exercise physiology class and doing poorly, and, and I could tell the problem is, was she following God's plan for her life? Boy, she had to stop short. And, you know, because she wanted to be a physical therapist or who knows what she wanted to be. But did God want her to be a physical therapist? So she's thinking this through. She's been thinking it all week, and I'll guarantee she'll come in and she'll say, um, I'm rethinking this whole thing. I'm understanding how God works with us and trains us. Any more about the diet we should know? So, yeah, just a takeaway. Like, you guys probably want to go home and apply something to your life, right, when you guys leave here. So the biggest thing is eat foods without labels, right? So if you can't look at your food and see exactly what's in it because it came from the produce department, because um, it's beans, rice, there's no package, there's no labeling on it, that's good. That's what we want. So lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, nuts and seeds. That's what God intended for your body to be mm -hmm. fueled on. Perfect. That's a perfect summary for that. Now you've got, we've got up to lifestyle. Let's go a little farther in our balance. Remember, be the best you can. Activate your system. How many times a week? More than three. <laughs> I heard three back here. Now, are you a, are you a listening uh, student or are you sleeping? Come on, wake up. It's more than three. We say three times a week we maintain fitness. Four times a week we start to improve fitness five times a week you start to enjoy fitness six days a week we start to employ fitness seven days a week we destroy fitness did you know that the research shows if you go seven days a week training i'm talking about training you can be active on sabbath and do things on sabbath but it's not really training it's communing with god is what it's doing a lot of times so you can be out in nature and that's a good place to commune with god so let's go to the next one my phone keeps turning off here so let me turn it back on and get to my balance Okay, so we're up to um, the ants, A-N-C-E, bowel ants. Do you know I looked up the word ants? It's really kind of neat. Definition of ants, forming nouns, it's a suffix like allegiance, A-N-C-E, or like performance, A-N-C-E, or like resemblance, or like clearance, or like romance. Some of you guys like romance? What if I say romance and then I say romanced with a D on it? That brings up something else, huh? Or what if I say romancer? Pretty interesting. Um, when I looked up the word romance, I thought, hey, we don't just want Rome. We want the ants on it. Because you need A-N-C-E if you want to be whole in your balance. Allow Christ into your life. He's got to be part of that. Okay? Let him in and abide with you. John 15, you know, the vine and the branches, everything vine together. You've got to allow that. The natural physical laws is the end. You've got to follow the natural physical laws. What are they? Nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight, temperance, air, rest. And if you forget the T on the end, what are you? Trust in the Lord. You're a new star, but you're not a new start. <laughs> we don't want to be just a star, right? Right? 
because there are a lot of stars around and they fade out, don't they? I mean, can you remember, uh, any of you tell me who the movie star that was the most important in the last, let's say, five years? <coughs> can you name someone in five years that's, uh, you don't even, you know, they, the stars go out, don't they? There's a whole thing on that. My son and Keith sitting back here run a ministry called Battlefield Holloway, or you call it, the new name is Little Light Ministries. That's my son, Scott, my second son down. He's running that ministry with Keith there. Keith is one of the workers in that whole thing there. And, and he goes to your church here. You all know Keith? Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, good. You know his family and everything? Okay. Well, um, they're talking specifically about what the stars that fell from heaven, who was that? Lucifer. Yeah. And those stars, we don't want anything to do with those stars. Those are going to give you trouble. And if you want to know more about their ministry, ask, ask Keith, ask my son. They'll tell you more about that. Okay, we're up to, after the natural physical laws, which are all physical, look at that. Nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight. It's all the physical being. Uh, did you know Southern missed it? I'm a professor, so I've been there for 15 years. And I said, why does our cut line say power for the mind and soul? Where's the body? They forgot. So I went to them. I went to the marketing. You know, I'm, I'm kind of forward sometimes. I'll go right to them and I say, hey, you forgot about the body. And they say, oh, it's implied. I go, it's not implied. You don't like exercise, so you didn't worry about it. Yeah? And guess what? When you start to move and you start to circulate your blood, it is spiritual. Did you know your life is in the blood of Christ? And your life is in the blood of your body. He created the same thing in your body. He told you the map of what salvation is all about right in your body. We're studying about it. That's what Lucas and I are studying about. This map of the body. This blood. Circulating this blood. And using oxygen and feeding cells nutrition and feeding cells oxygen so they can do the work that they want to do. That's spiritual. So don't think your exercise is just for fun or goofing off. Like my dad used to say. It was a great intro when he would introduce me as the son who had the graduate degree in goofing off because I could go and explain that it's more than goofing off. Well, okay, so those are natural physical laws. What do you think the C is? I'm almost there. we got C and E. What's C? Caring laws of health. What are those? What are the caring laws of health? We call it caring me laws of health. Guess what? When you care for others, when you minister to others, when you spend time helping others, it helps you, helps your health. You want to be healthy? Help your friends, help your colleagues, help your parents, help your siblings and your children. They want to know about it. They want to understand it. In fact, one of the books I'm working on, I was on sabbatical last semester, is SNAP, the grasshopper. It's for children. To understand this whole principle of how you need to take care of your body. So important. That's where God lives and communes. The Holy Spirit, it happened to me. Remember I told you, you will get close if you take care of your body. I'll guarantee it. 
because it was so profound in my own life what it did. Okay, so caring laws of health, you got to follow those. Um, I would tell you a story about that, but let's move on because we're almost there. The E, what do you think the E is? In balance. Well, energy, that's pretty good. Engage me is what I called it. You got to engage in life. And my students, I'm trying to get them to engage all the time. Come on, wake up. Come on, get, get in the, get, and what we say in baseball is step into the plate. Come on, be accounted for, you know, get your head in the game. What does that mean? You got to focus. You got to be part of that. Okay, so engage me, and that's the mental, it's the physical, it's the spiritual, it's the social, it's the relationships. It's, it goes on and on and on about how you need to engage in life and with people. Isn't that right, Cassie? Okay. I'm just making sure Cassie's staying awake. She's one of my, she's, um, one of my directors in the lab that keep the lab going, and she's heard this, a lot of this before, and she's probably uh, checking out on me, so I had to wake her up. Okay. So the educational laws of health, come let us reason together. I'll tell you one final story, and I'm going to quit. And if you have any questions for Lucas and I, what's going on here, we'll be glad to talk to you about it afterwards, or even a few questions here on floor. But I thought education was, you just memorize it. Fourth grade teacher didn't like me, and I didn't like her. It was mutual. <laughs> I got my name on the board every day. You know, for, I was too active, I guess. In fact, she set the tone for my being an exercise physiologist. I got my name on the board every day, and I was the originator of long-distance learning. I had to run long-distance. I ran laps around the lap, around the cotton patch, which was a mile around the cotton patch. I had so many miles that I had to do in fourth grade. I wasn't even in the classroom. I was doing it long-distance. Then I got to... Loma Linda, to take my master's, I saw a sign on the door that said, come learn how your brain works. And I go, oh, great, that'd be fun. Let's learn how your brain works. You want to know how your brain works? That'd be good, wouldn't it? Learn your brain? Well, so I took this test. And the next day when I came back for the results, they said, uh, you got a minute? I go, uh oh can you flunk these things? I sat down and they said, have you been in an accident? Now, that's quite an approach, right? <laughs> uh, man, that took me up short. And I said, no, I hadn't then. I've been hit by a car on my bicycle since then. But not then. I hadn't been hit yet. <laughs> and he said, you've been in an accident? You're not using any frontal lobe thinking. Zero, none. Ooh. Here I was at graduate school. I was in my master's program at public health at Loma Linda. And I go, what, 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 what are you saying? I walked out of there thinking, oh, no, I'm mental retarded, and I don't even know it. That, my wife hates me to tell that story. She says, don't tell that story about your mental retardation. <laughs> We're all mental retarded. Did you know that? We are not using the power that God gave us. We are selling our birthright. He gave us that to use it. And we're off flirting around and not, you know, not paying attention, not focusing to life. The more you focus, the more God is going to work with you. 
Guaranteed. So you want to find out what it is you have to focus on, and it is just like Lucas started out this whole thing with, it's Christ. You've got to focus on him. You've got to spend your time with him. And all of a sudden, he will speak to you. Guaranteed. Let's close with prayer, and then if you have any questions, we'll ask a few questions. Anybody have a special? Yes. Yes. Ooh. Hey, we didn't even mention anything about this. This guy's talking about what we're doing. Okay. Okay. I'm sure it does. One of the issues that we run into is all the things that everybody try to do to get around the... If you live your life whole, you live with whole food... You live with whole exercise that's correct for you. You live with the right sleep. You live with all those things. We don't need to take a bunch of extra stuff. It's not, it's not going to make us any wholer. God will do that. Okay? You've got to be careful about all these things that everybody's doing, and we don't know what's right and what's wrong, but some of them may help. We know that if you take some of the things, it'll shut your body down from actually producing them itself. Then we run into issues with that. So I'm, you know... I get all these questions about, okay, what should we be taking? We should take this, and we should take this, and do this, and do that, and do this. I am a heart patient. I do take vitamin C. So, you know, there's things that... Yes. Poisoning. Yeah, that's right. So how do we know how to do that? Let's let the body do it. Let's be careful about, you know, it takes a lot of study. You sound like you've done a lot of study on it and you know where you're going with it. But I would say live simple. God wants us to live simple. Okay? So we can get, we can get pretty complex with all this. And Lucas and I have that problem, Lucas especially. He's so smart that he gets so wound up. I have to pull him back to where we're at and what we're doing and refocus but God wants us to refocus, and that's what I'm going to end with, is refocusing. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thanks so much for this group that's here listening to your still small voice. Lord, you know what we each need. You know what, our, um, our, what we're selling um, our birthright for. Take that out of our lives. Help us to you know, follow you explicitly and not to get off on some tangent somewhere that's going to, you know, derail us from knowing you better. In fact, Lord, we want to talk to you. We want to talk through the Holy Spirit. We want to be with you. We want to understand that, and we want to be the best we can be so we can do that. So bless each person here in this that's hearing this tonight, what we're talking about. Give them a new energy in their mind to want to be better like you intended for us to be. Amen.